I'm getting ready. Three. Hey, everyone. Why well, I'm in the hole. Go. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 67. We are Tulsa Music Stream. And today we have Doro Pesh. Doro. And uh, she's, you know, from the fame band Warlock, and she does her own Doro. Anyway, uh, if you would uh, make sure to share our stream on your favorite Facebook pages, your favorite Facebook groups and your personal profiles and all that. So we can get some people in here and uh, listen to her interview. Um, we are also on uh, YouTube and you can hit the subscribe button notification bell on that. And um, we we love to see you guys on that platform. Also we're on Twitter uh, and Twitch and um, this is Tulsa music stream. These are our co-hosts right here. This is nine. And that is Jana over there. Good afternoon. Thank you guys for being here with us today on a Sunday. We don't typically do Sunday afternoons, but when you get a chance to talk to the queen of metal, you come on whatever time you need to, to accommodate that. So we're looking very forward to having Doro on with us in moments. Like Scott said, thank you for uh, sharing the stream. It helps us get the word out to more and more people. Make sure you follow the Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, very important that you help us do that. We appreciate everyone uh, tuning in and watching. Remember, if if there's ever a time we go on air and you guys can't catch it live, you can always catch the replays. They are available immediately after we go off the air. So uh, don't forget about that. There seems to be some confusion about that. I think some people think if they don't catch it live, it's uh, gone forever, but it but it's not. You can catch those replays. How are you guys doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. good. Um, had some family over and uh, spent some time watching some football. And then, you know, they usually come and they're about out of here about an hour and a half. They show up to eat and then pack up the stuff. Which, which is not bad at all. No. That's 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 good time. No, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not I just bad. remember being younger. It just seemed like Thanksgiving lasted for like all day long. You I, know? I used to hate it because I would watch, the, I would see that my parents would watch like the Macy's day parade and, and shit like that. And, and I didn't care about it. So I, you know, but now the other day I turned it on and I'm so fascinated by the architecture in New York that I just sat and looked at the buildings, not the floats, mm -hmm. not the parade. You don't like the parade? No, the parade's okay. Do I they... just like the, I like the old buildings and, and stuff like that. Shout out to Tim Hewitt. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. There's Elizabeth Talcott in the chat. Thank you guys. We're hoping to get uh, to some viewer questions with Doro today. Um, she is, uh, she's so accomplished. She's yeah. had a 40 year career and, and here she is getting ready to enter. the. And it's, this is a, one of our uh, few international um, um, streams that we're going to have. Um, She's got a song called East Meets West, and well, we're basically doing that today. We're the so. West. That's true. Yeah. Okay, we can see her. Can you hear us? Uh, yes, I can hear you guys. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Awesome. Let me put you, I'm going to put you on screen with us right now. Everybody, welcome Doro Pesh to Tulsa Music Stream. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank East you. meets West right now, right? Yes, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Dora, we have so much to cover with you today. You have so many exciting things going on right now. Before we get into talking about your upcoming shows and tour dates, I know back in October, you said you were about 80% done with your new album. So what everybody wants to know is how close are you to being done? And do you have a projected release time frame for the album in 2023? Yes, actually, we have. Yeah, we were on tour so much, so many festivals. So I would say it's now 85% done because I was just coming back from Hamburg. I'm working with somebody I love. We are working together, I think, 25 years. It's Andreas Boon, the ex-guitar player of Sisters of Mercy. And I just got back and we worked some more on the album. So I would say 85 to 90% done. Okay. And, uh, and then we do some more festivals. We go to Mexico next week. I'm so excited. Yeah. And then we go to the studio and we play with the whole band, record some more stuff. And then our, uh, our plan would be to have it released by my big anniversary concert in yes. my hometown, Düsseldorf in Germany, 28th of October yes. in uh, 23. And yeah, so it gives us enough time to do all the nice, you know, the vinyl and colored vinyl and shaped vinyl and, you know, and, and CDs. And I know everybody is about it. You know, I love all that. Can you hear okay? Dora, we're having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Is your microphone uh, uh, turned up on your side? Oh, let there me it is. see. 
I had that's some better. assistance here. Okay, no, that sounded better right there. That sounds, okay, you know what? I can go a little bit um, more in front of the microphone. Is that better? You sound good now. Yeah, that's I'm fine. Good. No, that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. Okay. So we, we did hear what you were saying that, that you're hoping to, and let's put the flyer up for that 40th anniversary show. That will be October 28th at the Mitsubishi Electric Hall in Dusseldorf. So fans can uh, be watching. Hopefully the album will come out around that time, but we will certainly uh, stay up to date with you on uh, your your news. And people can go to uh, doromusic.com to stay in touch with all of the latest updates about that. I yeah, do want to ask socials, you. We are, yeah, I never thought I would do so much social stuff, but we are on yeah, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yep. So That's the world now, huh? Yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah. I'm actually I'm having a lot of fun too. And it's so nice when people, you know, tell you a couple of things or when people post old photos or old demos or bootlegs or whatever, you know, that fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it, it's a lot of fun. A lot of work, but you know, love to amazing. Yeah, we will look very forward to, to that album. Let's do talk a little bit more about the, the tour dates. I know you're getting ready to go do the Hell and Heaven Fest in Mexico next week. Mexico. Uh, which which wow. will be exciting. I'll, Mexico fans are great, aren't oh, they? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I love playing Mexico and South America and then Brazil. And uh, I think for next year, we have a couple of plans to go to Brazil, which I love, and um, Colombia. And yeah, there's some big festivals. Like, it's just in the making. And yeah, South America is great and Mexico is great. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. And you know, it always, it reminds me of like the ages where people were totally into metal and where this was your life, you know, nothing yeah. else was important, just music and your favorite band. And so, yeah, so I'm really happy. And I will see all my friends, all the people I love, like um, Kiss. I worked with Kiss yeah. Simmons in 1989, 90. Just one of our records, and I was such a big Kiss fan, so it was so awesome. And Gene was sure, it was amazing. And then Judas Priest, they are playing one day after we are playing, they play together with the Scorpions and Arch Enemy and Pantera and all the big stuff, and and Venom, they are on the same day. Wow, wow, Doro, you look at 40 years, you look as beautiful today as you did 40 years ago. (laughs) How do you, what is your secret? Wow. No sleep, just working. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I love what I'm, what I'm doing. I love music. I love the fans. That's that really makes me happy. I'm so grateful that I can do it. When I hop on stage, I'm the happiest person, you know, in this world. And um, yeah, and I'm not doing much. I do some sports. I don't drink. I gave up smoking. I love smoking cigarettes. Good for you. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I <laughs> I never thought I would give it up because when I grew up, everybody was smoking. When you hang out with uh, Lemmy, you had to smoke, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And drink a little bit too, which yep. right. Thought, you know, but yeah, that was that was great. And yeah, but uh, yeah, he got me all drunk this one time. <laughs> and, and speaking of Lemmy, you know, you you did a song with him, uh, "Love Me Forever," and you collaborated with uh, one of my favorite singers, Udo, uh, from Accept. Yeah. Um, so you've done a lot of collaborations with a lot of people. Um, you even got yeah, to get with, up and with Udo, we did sing. a couple of songs, uh, dancing with an angel on his album, and then we did we covered breaking the law because that was my first tour with Louis Priest. I always want to say thank you to Priest, and then we covered breaking the law, and Udo was a guest on this song as well. And with Lemmy, we did a three duets. The last one was called It Still Hurts, that was on the Race Your Fist album, and we did Love Me Forever and Alone Again. That was on the limited edition, beautiful song. Yes, yeah, Ladies lots of collaborating. Ah, very soulful. So he was such a soulful guy, even though he looked like you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, now, I I know that you toured with Wasp um, years ago, yes. and you know I, I would always I think about some collaborations that you could do or would be oh, interesting yeah. for you would be with Blackie oh, Wallace, yeah, the Wasp teacher. Oh, yeah, I would love that. I'm a big Wasp. <laughs> I am such a big Wasp fan. And that was a dream come true. We toured in 86 together in England. And the tour before that was Judas Priest. That was my favorite band. And then we walked into Black and Lawless. Very cool. And and it was actually, it was 
it was a cool time, but it was a little bit, you know, hardcore. I hopped on stage and then all the fans, they were spitting. And that was like the punk culture. That was like the sign that you would really love your band. And I got all, you know, dolled up and makeup and hair. And then immediately first off, everybody was spitting and throwing blood because um, um, Ricky decided to do a tour without all that blood stuff. So the fans, they, you know, they wanted to see the blood show. So they went into the butcher stores, got all, you know, like whatever, liver and blood. Yeah. Then they threw it on stage. So, so that tour was really interesting. I was Raw of, meat. Uh, <laughs> it was so metal and I loved it. And it was, you know, before eight. So, you know, so I wasn't worried about getting sick. Right. But, we had fun, but it was hardcore. And I thought, wow, this was my first England tour, but it was yeah, from the punk culture. And um, I got used to it after a couple of shows. I thought, okay. And then when I went spitting, then I thought, oh, I'm more disappointed because I thought maybe they didn't like us anymore. So it was, it was fun times. The were really, That's really great. Fun. Would you ever consider doing a collaboration with a Rob Halford from Judas Priest or oh. maybe like Gene Simmons or Lita Ford? Because I think that would be kind of cool. Lita Ford yes. and you. Oh, yes, yes. Actually, we did something on her album. So whenever it will come out, you will hear something. Oh, um, excellent. Yeah. Very good. Nice. Already. And because, um, yeah, we were always friends, always friends. And then um, I got um, I got inducted to the Hall of Heavy Metal History a couple of years ago. And then the same person called me one year later and, you know, he said, hey, how about you induct Lita Ford in the Hall of Heavy Metal History? And he said, oh, wow. that's great. So I gave him the award. And then, you know, we said, let's do something together. And then we did. So, that's so amazing. Yeah. Let's but talk. I can't tell you the title and stuff. I don't want to. That's okay. You know, but there's something in the uh, we'll Save it for, we'll surprise everybody. Yeah, we'll watch for that. Now let's talk yes. about, you were talking about inductions. Let's talk about this. I'm going to put this picture up. This must have been so special for you to receive the German Lifetime Achievement Award. You know, you've been doing this for 40 years, and it is so hard to do any kind of career for 40 years, let alone a career in music where, you know, fans can sometimes come and go. They don't always support, but your fan base has stayed loyal for 40 years. What did it mean to you to get that Lifetime Achievement Award? Oh, man, it was really amazing. It was really surprising because usually... They always they give an award to like normal kind of people, like you know, the pop and stuff. And metal is very much, you know, like you know, there are not many metal people, you know, like in, in, the, in, in the boats and stuff. And so I was really, really I was happy, I was very surprised. And then when I got the awards, you know, I think I made people laugh. They were laughing their asses off, and you know, and I talked a little bit about how it is and metal and stuff and playing rock and all these great things. And, and yeah, and then even people who didn't like metal or who are not into my kind of music, they were like getting up and giving standing ovations. They had a lot of fun, and That's then cool. I thought, yeah, maybe they know that metal people are really cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So it was a big day. It was in October, right before the tour started, and it was it was awesome, like, totally unexpected because right. yeah, usually more the conservative people get like an award, you know. Sure. We were the outlaws, the outcasts. So, but that was really it was great. So that was great. And oh. and to answer your question before, yeah, I would love to do something with Gene Simmons again. But yes, <laughs> Helford, of course, you know, of course, I would love it. I love Rob Helford. They're all my, my heroes. That's a great <laughs> picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's when uh, he gave the vault away to people. And he oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And, Did you get and to meet Ace too? As well. That was like, wow. Nice, wow, nice. Amazing. Cool. I'm going to ask you uh, one more time. I, I, do you have a way to bring the microphone a little bit closer to your oh, mouth? Yeah. Or is it just in the computer? I can, I can sit maybe a little. Now you see a big face. It's okay. I don't want you to be uncomfortable, but, yeah, but we're no, just. It's okay. It's, um, it's okay. If you can hear me Dora, I want to know. I want to know about the first time that you got to come to America to play from Europe. What was that like for you? Yeah, you know, 
I always wanted to go to America. That was my biggest dream. And, you know, and then in 86, I had a little chance to do a little promotion tour for our third album. That was called um, Two as Deal. And I was just supposed to be there three days. And then after two days, I knew I want to stay. And I, mm -hmm. I tried everything in the book to stay. And then we did this awesome album, Triumph and Agony which we just celebrated a big anniversary. We just put out Trump and Agony Life a little while ago, and actually last year. And yeah, and then everything fell into place. And somehow I got connected with great people. Um, I had a great friend, he became the producer, Drew Graham. We wrote like another song. First song we wrote was actually Smith West, and then Three Men Warning Mix, and Love All Love, it's German, it's final, it's like German. English and Spanish, and they're still like, you know, our absolute highlights in every day. Yeah, and then we had this album done, and uh, I think the boss of Polygram, they said, okay, we have a chance to play two bits, you know, two sports. We said, oh no, oh no, that's not enough to make people, you know, like pay attention. Uh, and then and I had a great manager, his name was Alex Bob, and he was a heavy hitter, he was awesome. And he somehow made it possible that I could tour like for one and a half years straight. And we did all the clubs, and then we did a great tour with Megadeth on this album, Trump and Agony. And then we did a great tour with Army Games Hero. And uh, yeah, and then it really took off. The album became a big success. Nobody expected that, but and then I stayed, and I'm a proud green card holder. And eventually, I wanted to become. American citizen, I, I love so much. But the first gig, it was actually, uh, I think, in New York City in the Cat Club. And, uh, and it was wild, and people, uh, they were headbanging like crazy, sweating like crazy, stage diving. Wow. Sometimes I miss that because now there's so many regulations and security. So stage divers, they are pretty rare these days. Yeah. 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 But, uh, we you know that back, you know, in the Warlock, you know, you you ended up lose, losing the name because of, of a manager leaving and and everything, yep. and, and you didn't have no no rights to the name. And then you recently you you fought for it and you got their name back. Yes, what yes, you, yeah. You, it took you, me twenty years, but I got it yeah. back. And that was another manager. Uh, do you plan? Do you plan on using the name Warlock again, or or are you established enough with Doro to, to continue with Doro? And yeah, it depends. Like when we did uh, the Triumph and Agony Life, I mean, then we could name it Doro, Warlock, Triumph and Agony Life. So I can do it or on some special gigs. And uh, yeah, it is. It is. Possible. It's good to have the option now, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and all the young metalheads that probably don't know. Warlock stuff, but all the old metalheads, they always they want to hear all the classic old school metal stuff. So I, I definitely have the choice now. And yeah, by the way, uh, the great manager, his name was Alex Wolf. He was the American manager, but the German dude, that was the guy who stole the name. So, uh, but I got it back. I got it back. Good and, for and you. He's not anymore alive. So, um, good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Now, if if someone if you want to introduce your music to someone new, would you recommend uh, Warlock albums or Doro? Yeah, uh, both. We have now <laughs> 20, 20 records. I think every record has you know great highlight songs. I love records like Love Me in Black and. Uh, Last one was Forever Warriors from Never United. It was the first double album with 25 songs on it. And of course, the Triumph and Agony. That's one of the best. I think every single song is great. And I just see the photo. There was, before we got a record deal, I was in my rehearsal room, going to a rehearsal room. But we had t shirts, like you guys can see, uh, with the witch, with the magician, with the world on it. So, yeah, I would say Triumph and Agony is definitely cool. The first yeah. album, Burning the Witches, it's like, you know, it was so, yeah, so, so cool. The sound is not fantastic, but it was the first sure. album, so I would say that one is good. And there are some special records like True Heart, which they have fantastic songs on it. I uh, did it in Nashville and I learned, like, you know, the art of songwriting. And I was like, 
wow, it was mind blowing. And yeah. So I would say, you know, just like pick one album and then, you know, and then get sure. every album. And sure. I'm sure everybody finds, you know, songs they love. And, I want to ask you, you, you made previous comments about how there was a point when you tried to start writing a book about your life and it became a very difficult thing and you felt it was negative and, and you wanted to focus on positive things and positivity without going into too many painful details. Can you give us an idea of why that was so difficult for you and do you plan to eventually try to finish that book down the line? Let's see. Yeah, you know what? I really love to focus and concentrate on positive things, you know, writing great songs and doing great shows and great festivals. And when I started writing that book, oh man, it got to me. I couldn't sleep at night anymore. I got all mm. depressed because, you know, like living that life on one hand, it's fantastic. I love it. The fans, that's my, my life elixir. I love it. But everything else, it was bad. It was a total horror trip, you know. Mm. It was like really bad, like, and um, it was really dangerous. Sometimes, you know, I thought I wouldn't survive certain yeah. situations. So yeah. when I was thinking about it, then, you know, suddenly it was so heavy. It's like, you know, it was like, I'd rather watch a horror movie than, you know, write it all down. <laughs> because when something's too real and when it's the truth, then it's like, that's not fun anymore. And, and I thought, yeah, oh, man, that's the past, you know, it was like hard. And I don't want to, I don't want to sure. think about it too much because, you know, then I couldn't go on, you know. But yeah. uh, it was, it was, it was hardcore, I tell you. Now, one day I will write this book. I thought I'm, I'm going to write two books, one for people, you know, who are like, okay, normal. And then people can really take that hardcore stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm going to shoot this. You know, I'm really, 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 and then all that stuff, you know, comes up and you have no idea. And, you know, and sometimes you meet great people. I'm really happy and grateful that I had the chance to meet great people who helped mm -hmm. me, supported me. But then you meet all these bastards too, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but luckily, you know, many of them died already. So, you know, and uh, I don't know what happened. But I guess when you choose like a road, which is, you know, now, you have people, I think it comes back eventually. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. With you, with you touring with Ronnie James Dio, I assume yeah. there will be a full chapter on, on, on Ronnie James Dio. And oh, how yeah. was that tour? How'd that tour uh, go? Yeah, we did a couple of, um, it was the first tour was in 87. That was when Matt was so big. Oh my God. And, you know, the fans, it was, it was, Unbelievable, it was unbelievable, it was a great package and we just had to find the enemy out and, and Ronnie was such a hero of ours. Every night I was watching his show and I couldn't believe it and he was super nice, super, um, like, like he had a beautiful heart and yeah. you know, and his voice, it was, wow, it was so inspiring. And then we did uh, another tour in 2000 in America, a long tour. And then we really became friends because we had a lot of time, you know, to go out to dinner, to talk. He was always coming. We didn't have a tour bus on that tour. We had a little RV, but he wow. was loving to hang out in you know, a little RV because it was so cozy. And he made us laugh, he had great jokes. And uh, yeah, we really became friends at that time. And I love him so much. I miss him so much. Yeah, was, we all do. It was un unbelievable. And, and, and we already talked we already talked about your special collaboration and relationship with Lemmy. I know that that meant a lot to you. And you've told the story. I want to put this up for people who maybe haven't seen it. Uh, there was a select group of Lemmy's friends that received bullets with his ashes in it. And you were one of the people to get one of those. You talked about the day that you received that and that you almost fainted when you got it. Can you kind of tell us about that day and how that impacted you when you received that bullet? Um, yeah. 
Oh, you guys, here it is again. Oh, wow. Let me put you on full screen. Wow. How cool. There it is. There it is. Open it. I always have to be very quick. Yes. I don't know. How special. Wow. Oh. would like that if I drop that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do that. Oh, it's beautiful. Keith Richards something. will be around. It's got his name on it. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, wow. man. I, man, I almost dropped it when I, when I got it. I had no idea. And uh, and it came to my mouth. She lives in Germany. And she said, oh, did you expect anything? It's from LA. And sometimes, you know, when I'm on tour, I always lose stuff. You know, I always lose my yeah. stage clothes and stuff. I thought, oh, mom, there's probably something. Somebody sent me something, you know, that I lost. And then I opened it, and it was this, uh, a beautiful letter. And mm. uh, on it, it Lenny's ashes. And oh, my God, every day yeah. when I see it, it makes me so happy. Because on one hand, it's so sad. On the other hand, it's so... Wow, it's so yes. mind blowing. That's, well, that's how you know you're. That's how you know you're rock royalty. You you can call Ronnie James Dio a friend, and you're getting yes. Lemmy's ashes. So that's amazing. That's a, that's those are some. Uh, it's yeah, really cool. too much for the little girl from Germany. I tell you, sometimes <laughs> right. it's like it's definitely mind blowing. But I I love it, and I was, and then I feel, man, yeah, I have to keep the legacy alive and tell the young midnights about Lemmy and Ronnie James Dio and, you know, people who are now 15, 16 and maybe never had the chance to see them live or to get to know them. So I always always feel like I I want to try my best to to make them love Lemmy and Dio like we did. And, you know, um, you you even did a cover of Dio's uh, Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ronnie loved it. Uh, we did it for this compilation, and and then I went to it was in New York, it was the listening party of Magica, and uh, and then Ronnie came up and said, oh, and I said, congratulations, the album sounds great. He said, yeah, and I want to tell you, I love your version of Egypt. That's so nice, and and I many times heard it on the radio. Ronnie was, you know, was like picking songs for the radio show and then sometimes I heard version we did of Egypt and yeah that was great and when your yeah. hero takes you oh, you know that that it sounds cool I listened to it yesterday and then yeah. and then you're also on uh Twisted Sisters uh Christmas album yeah I think you did White White Christmas <laughs> yes, yes I never wanted to do it <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. When, when somebody wants me to do something fun, I'm, I'm usually, yeah, all up for it. Sure. But I never thought I would do Christmas songs. But yeah, and we did one Christmas song with um, Tom Angel Ripper of Zoda. I don't know if you guys know. You probably know Zoda, right? From Germany. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we did one Christmas song as well, and it's called Merry Merry Christmas. And sometimes, you know, we play it and everybody sings along, all drunk, and it's so much fun. Uh, so cool. <laughs> now, you recently, um, last year, you were booked for the Rocklahoma um, Festival here in Rocklahoma. It's just yeah. right down the road from us. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Our, yeah. The, promoter, the promoter for that stage is actually a sponsor for this stream, uh, Doug Burgess from DEB Concerts. Um, n- now, I guess you had to cancel um, coming to Rocklahoma. Was there some reasons for, I guess, maybe COVID reasons or uh, no, not passports? Even not even. I, um, my green card, I had to renew my green card. Mm. And yeah. I guess because of it took so long. It took me two years. And, oh, wow. and I thought, wow, well, you know, and the lawyer said, yeah, you will get it, you will get it, you can confirm it. And then it got closer and closer, and I, I didn't get the green card. And then I thought, oh, man. Oh. And we all almost went to book flights to go there. And then it wasn't in the mail, and there was no way that you could check on it, you know. There's not somebody you can call or you can ask, you know, what is my status? It was right. always the same status when you were checking the internet. It was always, yeah, you get sure. your, you know, you got your application, we're working on it. And for two years, and I was almost like thinking, man, that will not happen anymore. So I had I had to cancel. I hope that you know, mm. I hope we hope you can, can come back yeah. another time. I hope <laughs> well, 
we'll talk to Doug about getting you back to rock, or yes. coming to Rock, Oklahoma. Yes. And, and yeah, yes. and, yes. and speaking yes. of promoter, <laughs> if I was a promoter and I was wanting to book you for a club or for a, an event, what would your what would be on your rider? Like, would I have to go out and get some special things like roses in your dressing room or do I have, do I have to paint the walls a different, a certain color? What's on, what's on your rider? You know what? Hey, to me, the most important thing is that people are coming to, you know, to see and celebrate. And, you know, and, sure. and, you know, yeah, people. That's the most important thing. I don't need anything in my dressing room. You know, people are required. Order, you know, maybe yes. some as long as the place is clean and people are there yeah. that's what matters right and, and no brown m and oh yeah Just yeah like no, no nasty there. dressing rooms yeah. <laughs> nasty dressing. i'm used to it so you know uh, well you get yeah you you run into places where the dressing rooms are just complete shit so <laughs> When totally they're clean, told. when they're clean, then you really it's appreciate scary. that. And it's a shock, man. It's totally a shock. <laughs> yeah. When you have a shower or when you have hot water. A dressing, yes. or like a dressing room full of teddy bears, but with leather jackets on. Right. There you go. Right. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of a, that's a good lead into my next question. You have talked a lot about uh, when metal was so huge here in America and then here came grunge and everything changed, but you did not want to change. You stayed true to your roots. So there was that span where things were, and you made a comment. You said, Hey, you know, I'll go play clubs for 500 or a thousand people instead of the, the big festivals. What I want to know is, was it your European support and support in countries other than America that got you through that grunge era and then back into where things were bigger for metal here in the U.S.? Yes, actually, at first I thought maybe it's like one year or two years. And then <laughs> I always did all these records in America, which I thought were awesome. And some of them were really special. For example, the Love Me in Black album, I really thought it was a fantastic album. And then people said, no, is it grunge? And I said, no, no, it's, it's different. It was kind of actually more industrial sound, but really cool. I loved it. And then I said, well, when it's not grunge, we can't release it. And I thought, you must be kidding. And it went on actually for 10 years. And I did, I think, five records, and they didn't release it in America. And in Europe, we could still do it. We could still release records. We could still do festivals, go on tour. It was not that bad. But in America, actually, there was a domino effect when you couldn't have a record release. You couldn't get on a festival, I couldn't get a show or a tour. So that was so tough. But at first I thought, yeah, maybe one, two years, and then, mm. you know, then we do it again. But then it took <laughs> 10 years. And then mm. actually we had a great fan club guy, Tony is his name. And he said, man, the fans here are so pissed off because the records you can't buy them anymore. You have to yeah. buy these infinitely expensive imports. And he said, can I do something for you? And I said, Tony, whatever you can do, just do it. He said, do I need permission? I said, no, man, just do what you feel, you know, as a diehard fan. And then he sent out all the demo tapes, and it was for the Calling the Wild album, I think it was in 1999. And then suddenly we had like four record deals on the table, and then I said, wow. what the Let it seems to come back. And that was actually the first album where I had like these two duets with Lemmy on it. It was called Calling the Wild, the two songs, Love Me Forever and Alone Again. And then I felt Matt was coming back. And then we hopped on tour with Ronnie James Dio. That was yeah. actually the Calling the Wild tour in 2000. But at first, yeah, it was hard. And you, you didn't know when... Uh, actually, sometimes I thought maybe Matt was never coming back. You know, you never know. Right. But then after 10 years, slow but sure, you know. And then, sure. But it, yeah, sometimes you have to, you have to do your best, you know, with the time and the stuff you have. And sometimes yeah. it's great. Sometimes you have all the support from the whole world and record company and, and people love the stuff you do. And then sometimes people love other stuff or they love other bands or other styles. But um, yeah, but in Europe, we could still do it. And yeah, that's what uh, I thought too. I thought that grunge affected music, the, the rock music scene more, more in America than it did probably in Europe, yes. you know? Even though those bands would go and play over in Europe, I just seems like Europe has always been more metal than the United States. Yes, has. and 
And I think in America, the industry is so important, you know, that you get mm-hmm. supported. You get well, support. plus MTV is going to push, MTV is going to push what they want to be popular too. Right, right. Yeah. And then when there was nothing, you know, nothing you could, you could do. But in Europe, um, yeah, it's still, it wasn't that bad. And people, when people love music, then, you know, they, they go and find it. But um, yeah, the industry, yeah, you know, when, mm. when they don't support you, no, that's, that's mm. tough, yeah. that's tough. But we tried everything we could and, you know, and I'm flexible, I'm flexible. So, you know, I'm doing it for such a long time. And I know sometimes you're on top of the, of the world. Well, I mean, look, we're, we're here talking to you still. So sure. you've been relevant this whole time. So yeah. I, had, I, had, I, had your, I had your cassette when I was 15 years old. Don't ask oh, him what yeah. he did with that. <laughs> and it was, it was which, I think which, I was in the 10th grade, ninth grade or something like that. <laughs> But I, I love that agony. album, Triumph and Agony. Yeah, Oops, it was yeah. great album. Loved it. Um, um, I know that um, your drummer, your drummer now, uh, Johnny D, he's uh was playing in Britney Fox back then, and uh, we we recently did an interview with him, and he was a really great guy, cool dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love Johnny. We're doing actually now he has his twenty ninth year in our band, so next year is wow. thirty anniversary, and next year is my forty anniversary. So we will celebrate it big. And wow. Johnny is great, man. He also yes. yeah. joined in nineteen ninety three, and I love him. And he's a cool guy. He's funny as hell, too. <laughs> he's a great drummer. And yeah, great, great person. Yeah. Now, um, we w- recently watched a documentary of you. Actually, we watched it yesterday on YouTube. Uh, the documentary where it shows you driving a, in a truck and um, it's kind of like showing you in your, in the studio doing some songs and, and, you know, kind of brushing up on, on your career. And, and Claus from the Scorpions was one of the uh, guys that was um, talking about you. How important was that to have Claus from the Scorpions, not only on the, in the documentary, but in your life? Yeah. Oh man, I tell you, I, when I started music, I didn't even know that the Scorpions were out of Germany because, you know, back then you had maybe some fan scenes, but, you know, there weren't even magazines. I started, actually, my first band I had in 1980. And, you know, and the Scorpions, there was a big name, a big band. And then later on, I found out they were from Germany. And when I came to America, then everybody said, oh, they from Germany, the Scorpions are a big band from Germany. And, and it opened doors for us. It was definitely like we were in a great way. And, and then we met a couple of times, and they came to my 25th anniversary, uh, Rudolf wow. Schenker and Klaus Meiner, and we did... Big city nights and like yeah. it was it was awesome. So the scorpions were very important, and it was one of the biggest bands in Germany who did it. Like you know, who were successful worldwide. Actually, I think they were more successful all over the world than in Germany. It's like you know, typical stuff. People in your own country they take longer to 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 love you or to accept you. But I always remember they were a big, big band in America. And, yeah, so it was great. Actually, there were only like maybe three bands from Germany, like Scorpions, except, and uh, yeah, it was, was pretty much it. And then, wow. you know, I guess it was but uh, back in the day, it was like, yeah, it was important. And, yeah, I, I bought all of their stuff. Yeah. We actually do a cover of Balls to the Wall. Yes, we yeah. love it. Yeah, oh, we yeah, super, <laughs> me and her playing a band, so we 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 cover that. And actually, we we, we did a we, we had a recording where he he plays bass, I sing, and she plays guitar. Oh, cool! Ball. I see you have the Scorpions T-shirt on. Right? Yeah, yeah. The screen yeah. is so little, so it, I'm sorry. I haven't seen it. Oh, before. it's okay. Oh, Can yeah, you see it better now? Yeah. Yes. Rock um, Believer. We just saw their show. They were fit, fam- They were fantastic. It was yeah. great. I got the wrong memo today. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, this was good too. Oh, that's um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, actually, yeah, except was a big influence on on, you know, on our band as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but the Scorpions, yeah, that just yeah. Really like, Oh, now was were they on the castle the castle donnington tour was that when you, the one that you were on was scorpions on that one no no it was headline uh, yeah you're right you're right headliner was uh scorpions or the osborne um death leopard 
Bon Jovi and Motorhead in England, Cassidonico wants that word, and in Germany it was the same lineup except Motorhead, it was Michael Schenker. And we just toured with Michael Schenker in England. And we got we just saw him, we just saw him, Michael Schenker, yes. and I just saw him for the very first time. He was but so good. I'm telling you, so it was, it was yes, Armored Saint and Michael Schenker. He was oh, so no. amazing. Yes. I couldn't believe his melodies brought what made my eyes water. I was just like, <laughs> oh. those are, it was so good. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he's still, yeah, yeah. I love and he him. looks like, he looks like he's 40 years old, too. Right. Totally, no? Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with all the party and, yeah, right. you know, you know, yeah. Do you do you have any stories of that, of that festival in, in Castle Dunnington, uh, the, yes. the Monsters of Rock? Yeah, actually, at first, we didn't know that it was such a big festival. We thought maybe it's a small festival somewhere in England. And, um, and then we uh, got there with our tour bus and I already, I saw so many cars and people and I thought, man, that doesn't seem like a small festival. <laughs> and then actually I was backstage and I ran into Larry and then Larry said, hey, are you nervous? And I said, oh man, nervous as hell. And then he gave me a big kiss on my forehead. And it was like really nice and wet. And then he said, okay, whatever, knock him dead or, you know, uh, something. And then I ran on stage and I saw like, I think 80,000 people. And I was like, oh my God. But then I thought, yeah, then he told me to knock him dead. So we did a great yeah. show. And then actually people really liked it. And then a couple of weeks later, we did this great show Judas Priest and then was and it was actually one of the most important gigs because yeah all the agencies the record companies and journalists were there and they wanted to check us out and all mm -hmm. the diehard fans we were like we were headbanging like maniacs so people you know saw that the fans wow. really dig the band so so we got the chance to tour and with priest and later on wasp and on dio and it was a big uh, important day and the Scorpions we didn't meet because usually, you know, the headliners were always like, you know, in their, you know, their own area. So, so I didn't meet the Scorpions in '86, but later on, then, and you know, and, and sometimes I guess it's good, you know, you have to work your way up, you know. If you get it all in right away, that's going to be that's sure. good for your head, you know. Right. And then maybe you know you, you don't work so hard anymore or something. So you have to definitely take it step by step, and you know, and um, yeah, I think that's good, you know. <laughs> so let me ask you something: Did you decide early in your life that you wanted to basically be married to your music career and not not be married to a person and not have children? Was that a decision you made? very early on or did you kind of decide that in the middle of all of the frenzy of your career starting to really take off yeah i think i always wanted to do music since i was three years old so and then when i was 15 i had my first band and um i was a graphic artist and actually i just did stuff you know posters and logos and everything for my band and then i felt my music is definitely what I love and what I want yeah. to do for the rest of my life, if that's sure. possible. And yeah, and then when I was in uh, living in New York, I was in, living in New York City. And, and then one day I woke up, I think I was like 24, 25. And I thought, okay, today I make a decision. I want to dedicate my life to metal and to the fans because that's what I really want to do to make people happy, to empower people, give them good energy. And all the good stuff and yeah when I was 24 then I made this okay. position and and I was always happy with it because the fans you don't re you don't regret that decision do you oh no 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 not, not at all not one single day I, I regret that I can't have any um dogs and horses in my life I love sure. animals so much so that's the only thing sometimes you know and sometimes the fans that bring dogs to my gigs you know they Hey, there's her horse. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was in a in a nice movie. That was called Anne, the Path of the Warrior. Ah. And many horses there. And I was in heaven. So so I miss the connection to animals. But yeah, but sometimes the fans would bring their animals to our shows. And then, yeah. you know, they can, you know, sometimes the dogs, they're checking out our tour bus. And one time one promoter, he um, it was a gift. He he got me a cat. 
And oh. then and then my manager said, it's impossible. You can't, you can't have the cat, you can't do it on tour. The road crew was like, you know, saying, no, no, not the cat, not the cat sleeping in the bunk. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I had it for two or three days. And then, oh. and then, <laughs> now, now I know your now I know your image is you know you're you're a, you're the metal queen you're you know the rock goddess you wear your leather you know it's your thing and um you know you got your studded belts and things when you were after your first album or your first couple albums um did any producers or manager try to soften up your image I I know you got an offer from Playboy and you turned that down Damn. But did they try to soften up your image, try to make you wear more, you know, girly things and stuff and ma maybe oh, yes. do more pop songs? Yep. It was actually when I when I came to America, then I thought, no, no, not that black stuff and starts and stuff. It has to be more feminine and no more black leather. And then one person suggested to cut off all the hair and dye it black because when the record it didn't come out in America. That was the tragedy. But the record was called Love Me in Black. And then somebody said, yeah, then she should cut her hair and dye it black mm. and totally new style. And I thought, no, man, I'm, I'm not such a fashion. We're glad that you didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was like, actually, um, the end of the story was the record didn't come out because the record company didn't, you know, didn't think. Politics. Oh, mm. Yeah, it was politics. And I always wanted to change the image and style. Yeah, make it more radio-friendly, more pop, and, you know, you know uh, yeah, you know, more normal. And for a metalhead, looking normal, yes, that's not normal. Yeah. Which, it is all vegan leather. It is all vegan leather. I became vegan, and <laughs> because I love animals so much, so all the leather yeah. stuff. Not real leather anymore, but it still looks the same, and and I feel good that that nobody was, you know. Yeah, so I mean, they they kind of do that with Madonna and Lady Gaga. You know, they'll always think about changing up yeah. their image to to yeah, shock. In the pop world, yeah, I guess it is probably necessary in the pop world, but I think mm. in metal the fans they don't like that. Right. Right. They, they like the real person or whatever you feel comfortable. Yes. And you know, and I. Like to yeah to, to be myself and to sure absolutely so how long have you been vegan oh yeah it's now five six years i was vegetarian for many years and then vegan for you know for five years i would say and and i started um yeah i started looking into all that stuff like when um yeah i always had this nice stage clothes and then you know somebody said hey you know like the real leather it looks like Oh, it's so creamy and I, it's a really, um, yeah, I, um, I tapped into it. So, and I said, no, I will never, never, never in my life because, yeah, yeah I love animals. So, how, how could I do it? And, yeah, sure. and they're definitely different, um, different, different materials. And, yeah, you sweat like hell, you know, because, yeah, yeah, but you look amazing. Yeah, it looks just as good as as real leather. I mean, and that and you're talking to three animal lovers here too, so we respect oh, that so dude. much. Oh, we interviewed um, Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns. He used to be in the band Girl with Phil Collin from Def Leppard, and he told the story about when Phil became vegan. He was out. He went out in a field and saw the lambs, and it just it really dawned on him that you know we need to be good to animals, and so. I think it's an inspiring story and I'm, I'm very, you know, I appreciate your stance on that. That's really great. Yeah, I, I know it is, it is for some people, it, it is very difficult. Like all my road crew or the band, they always laugh at me and then they eat, you know, they eat steak and stuff. But I guess eventually, you know, people know, man, it's like, sure. if, if you harm other, you know, other well, soul, I, that's I must good. confess, I did have a turkey. The other day. Oh, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll so get there. I apologize. Yeah. You know, yeah I, I, I know it is. And I mean, we grew up like that. So I think it's actually hard to really to, to do it. And I have many friends who are vegan. So, you know, and then, you I know. imagine you really have to dedicate yourself and it takes some discipline to do it. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Yeah. 
in the first couple of years, it was the same like giving up smoking. Oh, when I gave up smoking, I became a closet smoker and, you know, <laughs> it was so hard. But then, you know, a couple of years later, now I feel it's, it's cool. But I still, when somebody smokes, I, oh, I have one. I don't oh, know. yeah. I know. I know the feeling. It's a hard yeah, habit yeah, to break. Yeah, yeah. I know. Now Absolutely. you're you're now you're known for a singer and you know quitting smoking most likely helped you with that. Um but do you play any other instruments? Do you do you play guitar any or bass guitar no, or I, drums? Uh, when I was young I played piano and but then I partied too much and I yeah, <laughs> all the lessons. <laughs> yeah, so I played yeah. piano and uh, yeah, I play a little bit guitar, but just for myself, I want to write songs. Yeah. And I like my guitar players do the job, you know? Yeah. Uh, you, know. you get the idea across to them and they make it better. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I think I'm really good when I do songs, songwriting with melodies. And when I sing, like, you know, then, then yeah, people who know me, they know exactly which chords to pick and stuff. And I think the melody or the chorus, that's the most important thing for a song. To 90%, maybe sometimes, you know, it's important, but uh, yeah. yeah, but I think the chorus, the hook, that's like, and I think I, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Sometimes, you know, I get these ideas in my sleep, and then I mm. get on my cell phone, and then I think, <laughs> yeah, so when it's like, you know, when you're totally relaxed and, you know, almost falling asleep, I have the best ideas I, I get so mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we we have some viewers in the chat room, and I was going to uh, read you some comments. Um, not all of them are questions; just just um, comments that were made from people that are watching right now live. Um, we have some people uh, watching on YouTube and Twitter, and also um, Facebook and Twitch. Uh, this one's uh, from um, Facebook. Says Doro, please tour the USA of 2023. Uh, English. <laughs> Elizabeth English Talcott says, welcome, beautiful Doro. Aww, it's nice. Aww, thank uh, Juan, you. Juan Jose says, Doro, the metal queen, gives you thumbs up. All for metal from Michael Fink. Um, one test says, have a great rocking evening tonight. Um, you guys too, you guys too. And thank you guys, you. you guys are playing, uh, Germany's playing uh, Spain tonight. Uh, oh, right it's now. soccer, right? Right, soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm a big soccer fan, but I thought the metal show with you guys that's more oh. important. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, we won't keep you much longer. Thank no, you for no, no, no. giving your time up during the soccer match and what, go, go what, Germany. What time is it in Germany? Eight. It's eight forty-nine. Nine o'clock around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, wow. But, uh, yeah, no talking to you guys and you know and talking to the fans. That's my it's, life. So, yeah. so. Well, my, my, when I was a little girl, I, I, I love soccer. And I was so happy when in, when it came to America, that in America, the, especially the, uh, yeah, all the girls that were playing, and it was uh, so much more accepted in Germany. Uh, it was like, yeah. Yeah. now it's like, it's, uh, yeah, it's better, it's better. But in America, wow, it was so great. And it was like, wow. So, so if I wouldn't have been a musician, I would have probably loved to, to play soccer or doing something in sports. But yeah, music, yeah. it's like, of course. Hey, I have music. a question. I have a question. Maybe you can help me because Americans don't understand it. But why do German people love David Hasselhoff? <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I just don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> I think I think Dora. No answer. I think Dora, no, 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 no. Let her answer. I bet Dora's a fan. No, be quiet. Shh. I tell you, actually, I think he always says that he's responsible and the boy came down. So you know, of course, people think that's something unbelievable, and that is that was really unbelievable. When the boy came down, I was in LA working with Gene Simmons, and we were in the studio. Um, and then Jean said, hey, Dora, you have to come to the lobby. There's something on TV about Germany. I said, no, Jean, I'm just being a kid. I'm not going to feel so good. I'm going to sing. And somebody said, no, I think you should, you should watch it. And then I went to the lobby, and then I was standing there with Jean Simmons watching on a little TV when the war came down. It was in 89, and I couldn't believe it without the war and everything. So that was great. But I think, yeah, in Germany, people think that David Hasselhoff 
was responsible looking for freedom and you know and of course this bell watch and amazing right. which i love i love it so much i love it i still love it and you know and then yeah but um yeah i guess it's like i was just curious <laughs> yeah i guess some people love them and some people you know sure yeah it's okay. It's okay. I wanted to ask you one more question and, and we'll start wrapping things up with you. Um, do you have a preference between playing live shows and recording in a studio environment where you get to be creative and create things from scratch? Do you prefer one over the other or do you like them equally? Uh, when you when you feel you have a hit song in the making, you can you can tell. You can feel it. Sometimes when I feel, man, has a idea coming out. My heart is pumping. I'm so excited, and I think, oh man, this could be something absolutely fantastic. And I feel when I'm excited, then I know maybe the fans will be excited. So yeah. But on the other hand, playing live—that's the ultimate. I I love it more than anything else. Playing live, and when you have a great audience, you know who's digging it, and you know, oh, that's that's to me that's like. Yeah, that's heaven. Yeah, so life is absolutely, that's my absolute favorite. Sure. But these moments when you have a great song and when you sure. feel there's something in the making, you can tell there's some magic or some, you know, when it's important. So, and um, yeah, but playing live, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like. I can tell that you love your life. I can tell the tone of your voice, the smile on your face, just the way you look, that you love life. And that's, yes. that is so cool. I respect that. You've, you're doing what you want to do. And, and man, you just look happy. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, because I'm talking to you guys. And we talk about music and we talk about the <laughs> yeah. fans. No, that's like, that's, yeah, that what, that's what makes me really happy I agree. everything else I agree. what's going on in the world man you know you have to stay strong and uh, you know and try your best you know to yeah to give other people power and hope and and all that good stuff and you know and as long as i do it i want to do it and i want to give it my all and um but i know how it is when life is not so good so so every day i'm really thankful and grateful that i we're thankful for you. Yeah. 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 Thank uh, you. Michael Fink in the chat room says, any chance the fortune teller to be played in concert again? I saw Doro play that live in Germany sometime between 91 and 93 when I was stationed there in uh, Witzerberg, uh, Germany for the army. Würzburg. Yeah. Oh, man, that is such a great song. It is a story about a little girl going to the fortune teller. Because she's in love and she doesn't know if the guy loves her. And then the fortune teller is a towing thief. But she tells her, yeah, you know, maybe you know, he loves you. And then she goes out of this uh, little you know, house and then the man is waiting for this little girl. And it's such mm. a great story. I wrote it in Nashville with Gary Scruggs. He's a fantastic songwriter. And this is so hard to pull it off live because it is uh, the verses are just talk. So it has to be really good. The sound guy has to be really good you know, to, that people can understand it. And then the chorus is such a beautiful melody. It's one of the best melodies we ever, ever have written. And uh, to pull it off live, it has to be really right. Otherwise, people don't understand the word. And then, you know, but I would love to do it again. And Nick, yeah. my bass player, Nick Douglas, my former bass player, he was always playing his fortune teller looked like a witch and he was doing really good you know he was <laughs> a great actor on this so so yeah so it's not so easy to pull it off but eventually yes i want to do it and it's really soulful and, and spooky and well and like it gives you chills like sure, yeah cool sure uh, richard stazer in the chat room says i still love her and her music Today, going all the way back to when I was first introduced to Triumph and Agony at age 18. Sadly, at age 53 now, I've yet to get to see her live and have great hopes of doing so in the future and maybe getting to meet um, meet the queen of metal. Love you always, Miss Doro. Oh, that's nice. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I want to do it for the next hundred years. So you definitely, you know, sure. we'll do it. Sales. I will, you know, we will meet up. And that makes me so happy. And it's so, you know, it's so great. I owe it all to the fans who, you know, gave me all their love and kindness and support. And it's so awesome. So, yeah, so I'm going to do it as long okay. as I live and it's always full force. And yeah, I'm sure we'll meet. And next year, I definitely want to tour the States and play yes. all these festivals. We play uh, the Monsters of Rock Cruise. I want to tell you guys April 9th, uh, 29th to May 4th. It's yes. out of Florida. And then Prague Power, we are confirmed headliner on the first day. It's September 6th in Atlanta. So so that's Very already cool. in the making and and more things to come and maybe Rock the Homo. So we need we need you to come to here. Yeah. yeah. Yes, for sure. For this sure. this coming from uh YouTube. Here's a comment coming from YouTube. Um Dean Smith says, I saw Doro at KK Steel Steel Mill about uh 20 months ago and rock fest barcelona this july absolutely fabulous tons of energy and great live act mm. um, another one coming from um youtube um from sabbath head says i last saw her on the dio malmstein doro tour house of blues orlando florida around 98 or 99 wow. one of the best lineups i have ever seen amazing oh, oh it makes me feel so happy that's so good i remember it so much and it was actually florida um when only did all the encores then he said okay let's do it together and i was like what yeah it doesn't matter and he you know he put his arm around me and then we sang arm and arm all the encores together mm. with the fans and that was so great and back then there weren't any cell phones so nobody filmed it right. i just had some photos of it but that was awesome and yeah in barcelona rock has all the great bands where they judas priest and kiss and negatives all the people i love and i know and uh yeah in house uh, um i know the kk steel mill uh, from kk downing a great place in england that was cool too that was actually the tour with michael Schenker. so yeah so all these gigs yeah and yeah oh fantastic memories yeah wonderful well before we let you go let's put this up one more time she has so many amazing shows coming up this year but this one might be the most special coming up this year it's the exclusive 40-year anniversary concert this will be the 28th of october at the mitsubishi electric hall in dusseldorf germany make sure you get your tickets you can go to <clears throat> excuse me you can go to eventum.de or all major box offices make sure you get tickets and see doro this year, we are so appreciative of you coming on with us today. Thank right. you so much yeah. for being such a positive influence in the world of metal and in the yeah. world in general. You are yeah. truly a light to everyone around you. Thank I, you. I seen Thank a YouTube video of you just uh, today, and it was some an anniversary concert, and there was like just pie a bunch of stuff. There were cheerleaders. There was smoke and confetti. <laughs> I've never seen cheerleaders. At no, the end of a end of end of a concert. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did one time the anthem. There's an American football team in Germany. It was called Rheinfire, and they asked me if I would write the anthem for them. And then I thought, yes, you know. And there was called Burn It Up, Where the Fire, because they had to do the fire part. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then all the cheerleaders they came to to celebrate with us the anniversary. That was when the Scorpions were there and Bobby Blitz. And everybody, and I was so cool. And yeah, it was the first time when I met the show the cheerleaders, but they were all really sexy. All the guys in the band, they loved it. <laughs> yeah. And, all the and, uh, and we have many, many guests on this coming up anniversary. Many bands, many guests, and uh, it's stuff all in the making. So it will be great. And unfortunately, Lemmy won't be there. He was, uh, he was at my 20 year anniversary in the same place. It used to be um, the Philips Center. That was a very historic place, and now they just changed the name. So, but it's still the same okay. place. And then okay. he was there, and Saxon played. I was a big, I am a big Saxon fan. Did such a great singer. So, so we will have many, many great bands and guests there. So, it's so awesome. It will be a party, and and before we will celebrate the anniversary in some great festival all over the world. So, yeah. Okay, I think Scott's got one yeah, more in the I, I have one go. more in Facebook. Um, I had to had to use the translation on this one. Um, but uh he says Thomas uh Druding says hello, dear Doro Pesh and fans oh. from our power woman Doro Pesh. I wish you all 
a nice, good ad- Advent time and Christmas time with lots of music and lots of fun at the gig there. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I wish you guys all you know, the best too. Great Christmas thank time. You. You know, we thank see you, each other you. next year if we don't see each other on the next upcoming shows or in Mexico. But sure. thank you so much for these kind words. And oh, yeah. You can bet if you come through here, we're going to hit you up again. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, please do. Thank you so much for having me and for the invitation. Thank you for being here. Thank, yeah. thank you for being here. I had such a lot a of fun interview. and thank you for wearing all these cool t shirts. And San Francisco. That was actually my first gig on the DO tour in San Francisco at the Fillmore, the historic place on the DO tour in America. In 2000, with Ingrid Meinstein, so the fans, they, Wonderful. they, were, they well, know it was a great tour and unforgettable. Well, America definitely uh, misses you, and we hope you uh, come back soon. We also want to wish you a, a ho- happy holidays yes. um, with everything that's going on with you and your family and your band. And um, it was a pleasure not only in getting to talk with you, but getting to see you and you look great and you have a lot of energy and we get you uh, back at Rocklahoma. It's going to be amazing. We're all going to be there to support you and uh, rock on with you and just keep doing what you're doing. You're having fun. And it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you all the best. Thank you everybody. Go Go Germany. Go Germany. (laughs) <laughs> okay, bye, Doro. Bye, bye guys. Thank bye. you. Aww. So sweet. Yes. We love you.